not only are we going to New Hampshire, we're going to South Carolina and Oklahoma and Arizona and North Dakota and New Mexico. We're going to California and Texas and New York. We're going to South Dakota and Oregon and Washington and Michigan. And then we're going to Washington, D.C. to take back the White House. You want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. You are listening to America's Healthcare Challenge with Sean McGuire. Join the conversation at 402-342-1290 or at 800-577-1290. Once again, direct from the American heartland, here's your host, Sean McGuire. Welcome back to America's Healthcare Challenge. Joined on the program by Stuart Slonin from SIG Consulting down in Sync Consulting Group down in sunny Florida. We're talking all things ACA, taking a look at the second quarter of 2015. It is an important quarter. We have been talking so far about kind of the economic impacts, some of the things facing states, the insurance impacts. But this is a point that I wanted to talk about, Stuart, because as I read the ACA and the more you kind of study it and learn it, you kind of just see that there's really just a lot of money moving around all over the place. And so the point that we have here is the ACA and wealth redistribution. Do you think that's kind of what's happening here? Oh, it's absolutely what's happening here. But there's a facet of it. I just want to touch for just a a moment that most people are not familiar with and should really be of concern to them. Uh, Most of of these uh, newly insured gain their coverage uh, through Medicaid, uh, you know, in the States, that means that uh, Americans are going to find themselves caught in a, in a segment of the law that they're not aware of, that their assets uh, can be gone after after uh, they pass away. That's a huge, 20, huge point. Yeah, can you talk more about that? I think people don't yeah, really for, realize that. Yeah, for more than 20 years, the federal law has allowed states to recover almost all Medicaid costs if the recipients are over 50, are 55 or older when they die. This now applies to, to many of the 11 to 14 million people who joined Medicaid since the law was passed. You know, and so potentially what has been put out could potentially be recovered uh, in, in a state situation. State recovery helps to sustain the program financially, allows it to continue uh, ensuring the most valuable uh, you know, of its citizens uh, you know, and give them access to critical care. But... It gives the states the right to go after assets upon death. So you're telling me that if somebody might have happened to might have owned a house, for example, or you know some sort of asset like that, but their income was low, so therefore they qualified for Medicaid, and then something happened to them. You're telling me that the state that they lived in might go try and seize part of that asset. Not my try. Will probably go and seize that asset. You're listening to America's Healthcare Challenge. I think we've identified another one that people need to understand. Sometimes these benefits need to come with a disclaimer. It's crazy. So I think the other important point, um, Stuart, is on, on, on that income w- redistribution is so, mm-hmm. so the money's getting moved over there, but then the folks that are – take somebody that makes just above 400% of the poverty level, and now they're paying more for their premiums potentially because of all the other taxes and other things in there. And so it's people, there's going to be winners and losers any way you look at it. 
Well, the sad part about this, and, and let's just go back for just a second to King, King versus Burwell. The one thing that Obamacare accomplished is to hide the gross cost of what that coverage really is costing. I mean, people see the subsidies that they're getting, and so they see the net cost, but they really don't get to see the, the total cost. Right. And I think what's going to happen, if uh, if the law is is repealed, in other words, that the subsidy issue uh, now becomes the killer for Obamacare, all these people are going to have to pay the gross cost of what their coverage really, really is versus the net cost, you know, with subsidies. Sure. That's sure. going to be a shock to the majority of people oh, out there. Totally. I mean, you've been in the industry for a long time. How many people have you uh, seen uh, talk about how expensive COBRA coverage is? Well, that's essentially the full price of health care, right? Plus exactly. maybe 10%. And so that's what exactly. people would yeah. be looking at. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the main issues that uh, that I'm sure uh, both sides have brought up and tried to counter in the King versus uh, uh, Burwell uh, Supreme Court situation. Yeah, we're going to have to get get somebody that's a you know an expert in constitutional law on the program here before they decide to kind of get their take because there's uh, that that could really really change uh, the economic economics for a lot of Americans should it go that way. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but speaking of um, unbelievable, uh, how about the cost of health care just keeps to continue going up? I don't think people are really starting to realize how expensive health care is right now. Do you think Americans really understand how expensive health care is in this country and how much it contributes to our economy and debt? No, I really don't. I really don't think so. Um, <clears throat> when you take a look at the current situation right now in terms of what most folks, whether individuals, small business, large business, are finding, that they're finding the majority of offerings, whether it's Obamacare or the non-Obamacare marketplace, uh, or the retail marketplace, they're finding plans that are high deductible, uh, high out-of-pocket expense plans. And they're shocked by that because they they understand when you take the deductible and the coinsurance and the copayments, they understand for the first time what their out-of-pocket exposure is. But they're coming to grips with something that they they have already faced in their personal life, which is... When you look at an auto or homeowner's policy, a lot of people take a look at those costs and will opt for a higher deductible plan so as to bring their their premiums to a lower state. Now, five years after Obamacare, seeing what the prices are in the marketplace and seeing the offerings from the companies, uh, the employers, uh, the offerings that are being made on the street – People are now coming to grips with the reality is what they've done in the other two segments of their insurance lives, they're now having to confront and and look at in terms of their benefits life. Right. Huge point. That's very true. I think I saw, well, we talked about this last week on the program, looking at just some of the industry trends and how many employers are moving over to the high deductible plans. And the the statistic that caught me off guard was the fact that of those folks that have, well, it's more like this. I think the, the deductibles now of an insurance policy is uh, greater than the uh, savings that an average person has. Uh, by seventy seventy percent of Americans have less in their bank account than what their deductible would be should they utilize. 
And when costs are so expensive, I mean, some people are talking about paying $2,000 for a CT scan, and yeah. um, that's tough. Yeah. Well, again, we're talking about uh, the ACA and what's happened the first quarter as we're, we're right here at the start of the second quarter. Some of the things that we've seen in terms of what's happened in the, in the marketplace on both the state-based and federal exchange is people are willing to trade choice and access for price. But that's going to have a price in some other thing. You know, it's going to catch up to them, I think, especially well, sure if it's there. For sure it will. And again, what they're seeing is uh, in the exchanges is narrow networks, sharply limited medical providers, uh, sharply limited services. Nearly a fifth are ultra-narrow networks, which offer fewer choices. At the same time, more employers are also embracing these plans for their workers, largely as a, as a way to lower their health care costs. Right, right, because they have to. You remember HMOs, right? You probably mm-hmm. dealt with them an awful lot. Do you see any uh, similarities here? Very much so. Very much so. Did you think those were good or bad? I, I think they were good for the segment of the population that was willing to trade away control of their, their medical plan and, and access to care for cost. But what's happened there, and it happened, the, the HMO Act was 1973. And so once you started the early 80s, the trend line caught up. So you were seeing medical inflation at about 18% a year pushing prices to, to the extent where HMOs and PPOs and point-of-service plans were almost running neck and neck. And that's why HMOs, you know, ran out of steam during that era, and newer products had to be developed. I see. You know, they're still in the marketplace today, and you have some control states like uh, like New York, uh, like uh, Minnesota, and some areas where HMO uh, is the largest offering, you know, in in the uh, given marketplace, with no PPO uh, network access in that same marketplace. Like Kaiser Permanente, for example. Would they be an That's example? That's an example. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So, like, on that point, we're kind of, you know, talking. People are going to have some serious choices, and we've kind of hit on the fact that they're cho- choosing price right now. I guess I kind of equate it to you sometimes want to book the cheapest flight, but do you really want to be in the middle seat over the wing, you know, next to somebody that's somebody you don't nearly want to be next to? And uh, Good point. it could be so- similar to that, but. What's, what else do you think is going to happen with these healthcare purchasing habits? I know there's some new things coming into the industry. Um, <clears throat> I think what's going to happen, this, this system that we're watching right now, which is five years old this, you know, uh, this March, <clears throat> we're going to see this continue to evolve. And I think we have to get past the 2017-18 year to where we see where this thing goes. The key right now is how do we come out of King versus Burwell? What's that decision? That's going to be a guidepost in terms of giving us future direction. Once we know that, then I think the the products will evolve from that, and I think uh, you know the the state basic changes will evolve from that as well, as well as new products. Yeah. Do you think any anything like, uh, for example, a, a healthcare system might just start their own insurance company or become an insurer themselves? I think we're seeing this right now with the hospitals. The hospitals are buying uh, physician practices, 
because it's too expensive for physicians to uh, to be sole practitioners or even partners. And so since they're getting absorbed by these hospital systems, the hospitals now are applying to become their own insurance companies. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be, it'll, I guess it'll be interesting to see how, how it all plays out in these, these state-based insurance marketplaces. Um, like last thing before we take our next time out is exchange pub retention rates, exchange retention rates. I think because of how the law was written, encouraging many people to auto-enroll unless they opt out, that probably helped retention. But uh, what do you think about that issue? Well, I think what's happening is you're seeing the marketplace divide itself. The state, the federal-based uh, exchanges <clears throat> have a higher retention rate. They, they've retained 78% of their enrollees this year, while the state-based exchange uh, retention rate was just over 69%. Hmm. Interesting, interesting. Let's take a time out, Stuart, one more segment, if you don't mind. Sure. All right, sounds good. More with Stuart Sloan. And if you want to give us a call, 402-342-1290 here on America's Healthcare Challenge. Getting through the second quarter of the ACA here for 2015. It is a critical year. Lots of things happening. And we'll talk about more like medication use, hospital expenses. Oh, yeah, readmission might play into that and much more here on the program. 